I tend to talk really fast when I'm reading something. So in my notes that I wrote down, I wrote the word pause. So hopefully you don't actually hear me say pause at any point, but if you do, that's why. (laughs) Here we go. Hi, what's up? Hello, my name is Elle, and I was gonna start this podcast a few weeks ago, but I actually got a sinus infection, and it's still here. So, I today is December the 4th, 2021, and I've had this sinus infection slash cold since before Thanksgiving. So I guess I'm just not going to let it stop me and I'm just going to keep going. So normally I don't actually sound like this. I mean, I kind of do, but I don't actually have a sinusy cold type sound to my voice. But guess what? We are not going to let that stop us from sharing God's word and sharing the love of God. So we're going to push right on through it. I hope everyone is having a good day having a good weekend, a good week, whenever you're listening to this. Good morning, good night, wherever you may be in your day. And if you're not having a good day, and if things are not going smooth, just sit here with me for however long this episode is, and just forget about whatever's on your mind, even if you're having a good day. Just forget about your tasks and your responsibilities. I give you permission to just let go at least for the length of this podcast. So take a deep breath in and out and just let it go. Open your heart to God and allow yourself to be open to whatever he wants you to know, wants you to hear, wants you to feel. And if you need a few more minutes to unwind a little bit, I recommend listening to Lean Back by Capital City Music. It's a song I recently heard for the first time kind of just trying to open my horizons to worship music because I love it. So welcome again to the first episode of the Let's Talk About It podcast. For this first episode, I do want to give a little introduction to myself because you have absolutely no idea who I am, why I'm doing this, why I'm talking into this microphone that has a screen on it in my messy office and just talking to you. And so I wanted to give a little bit of an introduction, and I also want to talk about God's will and God-given talents within this first episode. So I think God's will and God's talents will also help give you a sense of who I am and why I am doing this. So let's go ahead and talk about it. I believe, and others have told me in the past, mostly my mom, but (laughs) nonetheless, that my God-given talent and God's will for me is to be a public speaker. Daunting for some, I'm sure. I'm sure some people will freeze at the even the thought of getting up and speaking in front of people. But for me, the stage is where I'm comfortable. It always has been, but ask me to go up to somebody and hold a conversation one-on-one and most likely my face will turn red, I'll start to sweat, I'll start getting antsy, biting the inside of my cheek from anxiety, and it just, I'll probably fumble over my words, probably won't go great. But if you want me to talk in front of a bunch of people on stage, I'm more comfortable. 
I think it's because you don't actually have to get a reaction from one person when you're talking on stage. You actually don't even have to expect anything when you're on stage. You don't have to expect an immediate reaction or there's not the pressure of bouncing off of what the other person says and thinking of something to match what they're saying or match their energy. So maybe that's why. I did start doing public speaking quote-unquote professionally when I was 14 and did that from 14 to 18, which I will get into, and then also why I'm no longer doing that and why I'm here, how I got from there at 18 to here at 30. So we'll talk about that. But the first time, let's go way back, way back, and the first time I ever remember wanting to be on stage talking was in third grade. Third grade is the most distinct memory that I have, which is like eight years old, I'm pretty sure. My third grade class was putting on a production of The Nutcracker, which it wasn't like the ballet production, the the full-on ballet. It was, you know, a very elementary, very junior version of The Nutcracker, and it had a lot of speaking parts and choir songs, you know, choir songs, aka words we basically shouted at the audience (laughs) in a musical fashion whenever you're in third grade. And on audition day, I remember sitting in the gym on the floor during auditions when our entire third grade class was auditioning. And I was sat with the sugar plum fairies because I was my mom, I was automatically cast as a sugar plum fairy because my mom was a dance teacher for 10 years in the really small town that I grew up in. And the girls that were in dance and taking dance from my mom at the time were automatically cast as sugar plum fairies. And that's how it was for a few years whenever they did the Nutcracker because at my school they would switch off like they would do this clown production one year and then they would do the Nutcracker the next year and they would just kind of flip flop back and forth. And so my year was the Nutcracker. And so I was automatically cast as a sugar plum fairy. And because I was automatically cast, I was not given the opportunity to audition for the speaking role, which is actually what I wanted to do. And I didn't realize that that, you know, that was the first time I realized that I'd ever even wanted to act, quote unquote, or speak in public or anything like that. Because I think we had three girls that were the main character, Marie, and then three boys that were the Nutcracker, and they each had a third of the play, and they would just, like, switch, and I wanted to be Marie so bad, but I was cast as a Sugar Plum Fairy, which actually ended up not being too bad, because I did, like, we had the bleachers in the front of the stage, and then two bleacher, two sets of bleachers on the stage, so everyone was present during the entire production, and it just kind of went on in the middle of us on the stage, and I did get to sit on the stage, in the very front center of the bleachers. (laughs) So that was, I was happy with that. I was happy I got to be up there the whole time. I kind of looked a little slouchy towards the end, but but it it was fun nonetheless. But that was the first time I'd ever had an inkling to get up, start talking in front of people. I think before that, even when I was in kindergarten, we did do a play called Camp Kindergarten. And what an interesting show that was and they actually had like some campers that were in the middle of the stage production and again that was one where we were all on stage the whole time but the play was going on in between us and I was cast as the fairy godmother of little bunny foo foo and I think it's because my mom 
had the outfit because we had that little bunny foo-foo outfit for a really long time even like when I got into high school I was like oh my gosh we still have the little bunny foo-foo outfit but um I was automatically cast as the fairy godmother and I I did kind of want to be one of the campers that was like the speaking parts but my main memory was being sad that I wasn't able to audition for Marie in the Nutcracker and actually have a speaking part I don't know why but I feel like I'm getting out of breath like super easy and I think it's because of this sinus infection and the fact that I don't feel like I'm breathing while I'm talking because I don't want my breathing to be too loud in the microphone because this is literally the first time I've ever done this. I'll probably look back on this episode and cringe at the audio but hey it, it it's a start. It is a start. So after being in the Nutcracker in the third grade the next year I did get a speaking role because I wasn't cast because of my mom's dance studio. I actually got cast as the lead role in the school production, even though the lead role only appeared at the beginning and at the end of the show. And again, this was one of those where we were all present the entire time. And this one wasn't actually on a stage. It was in the gym on the bleachers for fourth grade choir and it was called I Need a Vacation, and I was the teacher, so I was the one that was like, I need a vacation at the very end, and I was so excited. I was so excited that I got to be the teacher. I still remember, okay, so this is actually recovered memory. I just remembered that the first line that I said ever was, students, students, now pay attention, students, so I don't have to repeat this again. I can't believe I remember that. And then the very last line was, I need a vacation. It was a lot of fun. We had, um, you know, there was song and dance in between. And I think the teacher was the only one with speaking role, but I could be wrong. But I mean, that was like the main role. Not that that matters, but I was super excited and stoked. And, and so that was my first speaking role in a play. And then at that time, I, I'd been bitten by the performance bug and I was like all right this is what I want to do I want to do more of this I want to get on stage and I want to perform I just I want to talk into the microphone basically and so stage plays dance recitals talent shows were the main experience that I had in performing and speaking and I did enter two two three three acting competitions in my lifetime um the first one was in seventh grade and in Okay, well, there was one in seventh grade, two in seventh grade. No, whatever. I know for sure (laughs) there was, okay, two in seventh grade. Let's go with that. When I was 12 or 13 and one was in Orlando and it was put on by a notorious Lou Pearlman. If you don't know who Lou Pearlman is, he basically scammed NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys out of a lot of money. Alleged. Should I say alleged? I don't know. I don't think he's alive anymore and I think he went to jail. No, I know he went to jail, but I'm gonna say alleged just in case cover to cover my own self. Um, But it was put on by him, so it did end up not being a great experience. (laughs) Google Lou Pearlman if you want to know more about that. And, but it was fun because I got, I guess, I guess you can call it experience. I was really bummed because I didn't get called back for any of the commercials, but now looking back on it, I'm like, I don't think I would have wanted to, (laughs) but I was bummed at the time. But we did get to go to Disney World for one day because it was so expensive to go on that trip and my mom was a single mom and so my aunt actually bought us tickets to go to Disney World for one day and it was so fun 
So I could actually, we stayed at the Marriott World Center. And if you stay at a particular, you know, side of the Marriott World Center, you can actually see Disney World from your room in Orlando. And so we actually saw the fireworks and my aunt was like, okay, you guys can't just like see Disney World from your room and see the fireworks show every night and not go. So thank you, Anjoy, for that. That I still remember that. It was one of the funnest things ever. And that was also one of the first times I, no, I was going to say it was one of the first times I flew on a plane, but it actually wasn't. The first time I flew on a plane was July 2001. So, to Colorado. Different story. So, then the second acting competition I went to was in Las Vegas, and that was actually really fun, and it wasn't a scam. Um, I remember one of the Beach Boys was there, and so I was like, oh, so cool, even though I couldn't pick out, I couldn't pick him out of a lineup if I had to. I actually won first place in children in the children's comedy division, which is really funny because I don't think of myself as like a stand-up comedian by any means whatsoever, but I think I'm good at like scripted comedy. Okay, back in the day I was. I liked doing like physical comedy and like slapstick and stuff like that, but not anymore. I just would prefer to just not act, but that was super fun. So, I mean, that just elevated my love for acting. Then I had one more acting competition that I went to, which was the World Championships of Performing Arts in Los Angeles, and that was a lot of fun. I got gold in children's comedy, miscellaneous comedy. Actually, both times I won first place was with a monologue that my mom and I wrote mainly my mom, (laughs) but so that's pretty cool. Original monologue or miscellaneous, open monologue, I think is what it was. Then I also got bronze in song and dance, which I, I did not do good, (laughs) but apparently I did well enough to do bronze. I like to sing, but that's not like my forte by any means. So that was it. Those are the three acting competitions that I went to that really elevated me wanting to perform. My main experience, the main public speaking that I did was when I worked, started working for Radio Disney at age 14. And that was an absolute dream. My, it was like, I had done some plays at like a little theater near my town, like 30 minutes away in the next town over. That was a lot of fun, but I was only ever like an extra. I, or the, in the ensemble cast, I wasn't ever a main part in any of those plays because there were some really talented kids that went to that theater. So I was always just kind of in, in the background which is fine because I still had fun. But then my mom saw a little tiny ad in one of the newsletters or something like that, that Radio Disney was looking for an MC and like some new talent to do, to be in what was called RD frequency, RD frequency. So like R as in rabbit, D as in Disney, RD, or I guess R as in radio and D as in Disney, radio Disney frequency. And that was what their group was called. And the group just kind of went around the state and promoted Radio Disney, Disney Channel. I went to the audition and I sang a Hillary Duff song, Why Not, by Hillary Duff. Come to find out, a lot of the other girls did too. And I also did a dance because you had to sing and dance. So I did that song. It was not great. And then I did a dance to Darren's Dance Grooves. Does anyone remember Darren's Dance Grooves? <laughs> Where you could learn like a Backstreet Boys or maybe it was like NSYNC and Britney Spears dance or something like that. And so of course I did the Darren's, I don't remember what dance I did, but I do remember it was Darren's dance groups because I wasn't the only one that did Darren's dance groups. So I thought that was hilarious, but I was just kind of like, eh, I kind of bombed the audition with the song and the dance. But then my mom, thank goodness for moms, she said, actually, she wants to be the MC. And I was kind of embarrassed. I was like, oh, mom, the lady that was doing the audition, she was like, okay, well, 
introduce an RD frequency event. I had never seen an RD frequency event, and so I just had to go off of instinct. I popped right up and came alive, and that got me the job as lead MC for Radio Disney for four years. And it was a it was an incredible experience. You know, we performed for we actually opened up for the Jonas Brothers a few times, which was probably the highlight. I think the highlight for me was actually being the opening act for the Jonas Brothers when they came to our town and they were at the Performing Arts Center. And that was one of the greatest experiences. It was so awesome. I felt on top of the world. It, I mean, there were probably a thousand, a thousand people there. And then sometimes we would have events where we would only perform for our parents and they would be the only ones that showed up, which some of those events were some of the funnest because there was absolutely no pressure at all. So it was pretty cool. And I got a lot of, we were in a commercial, I mean, which was really cool because I had never experienced something like that before. But I do think that at the end of the four years, I got burnt out. I think the thing that led to my burnout was expectation. I had set such high expectations for myself and felt like the people around me expected so much of me that when I didn't meet those expectations, I felt like a failure. You know, it's kind of like when you're a kid and, and I think this is something that, you know, my experience is on such a small level, but child stars go through. I'm not considering myself a child star at all, but I was a kid that worked and got paid to do performing with Disney. And I think, you know, I'm going to get emotional, but that's fine. That's perfectly fine. It's okay to get emotional about experiences and that's what we're here for. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about why you feel that way. You know, how do you move on from that? How do you go from a high school kid who's working for Disney, opening for the Jonas Brothers, how do you go up from that? It's incredibly hard. Like, you have to basically shoot for the moon and be on top of your game. And I started to define success by how much money I would make or could make or how famous I could be, but I'm definitely not famous. I mean, that was actually an alternate title for this podcast. Definitely not famous because I'm not. And I wasn't even at that time. I just had, I was, I think I was on, people thought I was on that trajectory that I had placed myself on a path to be quote unquote star or whatever. And I basically set that up for myself, those expectations. You know, I didn't, I didn't meet those. I... I'm not rich, I'm not famous, but I'm happy, you know? I tell my, you know, we're not monetarily rich, but I do tell my husband all the time that we're rich in love, and I definitely feel like that, especially now that I'm I'm growing deeper in a relationship with God, and, and I promise we'll get to that. <laughs> um, I just wanted to give you a little bit of a background. I definitely feel like I am rich in love, and I'm not even just saying that. So I think that's a lot more important than being monetarily rich. But money truly is not everything. And it most definitely should not define who you are. Career shouldn't define who you are. Your past, maybe the, even the past trajectory that you were on. By the way, that's a really hard word to say. Trajectory. <laughs> so those things shouldn't define who you are. People need to lo- not necessarily lower their expectations, but open their hearts and their minds to goal changes, you know? dream changes. Your dreams can change. Your goals can change. That doesn't mean that you're a failure. That just means that something that you were once interested in no longer interests you. And you know that's perfectly fine. Money shouldn't define 
who you are, but in the world that we live in now, that's an extremely easy thing to say and not so easy to execute because some people that is how they've been defined their whole life is because they're mega rich their parents are super successful or they're super successful or they're super not rich they're they grew up you know poor and things like that and they think that that's going to define them for their whole life and maybe it has defined them thus far but let me tell you that you are not defined number one by your parents you're not defined by who your parents are who your parents were or how you were raised that doesn't have to define you because you get to define you you get to discover who you are and the best way to do that is through discovering God in a relationship with God because he can show you who he wants you to be and what path he wants you to go down and so that's super important to remember especially whenever you're feeling if you ever do feel down about things like that about who you used to be or who your parents are maybe they're not great people and people associate you with that guess what that doesn't have to define you or maybe your parents are super successful and they're super great people and you feel like you have to live up to that you have you feel a lot of pressure to live up to that standard but you shouldn't be defined by them you are your own person and you get to choose your own path god will tell you and lead you down the path that you need to go down if you just open your heart to him, accept him, accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and open your mind and pray about it. It's not going to be maybe overnight that he shows you that path, but I can tell you that he will, and it may take you a while to realize that you're just going to have to buckle down and do it, because I know that this is something he has put on my heart for a while is to somehow reach out to people and share experiences and I'm telling you if if nothing else comes of this podcast except that one day my daughter gets to hear these episodes then that'll be a win for me because I've always wanted to write down in a journal things for her to read you know later on but I am not (laughs) I It's really hard for me to just sit down and write or type and I'm just like super not interested. I lose interest in that super easily. So speaking is a lot easier for me. And so if these episodes get heard by absolutely no one except for her one day, then then that's perfectly fine. Perfectly fine with me. But I had been being pushed by God. And when when I tell you that (laughs) I say pushed, that he pushed me, I mean that he was pushing me. I felt the push within my heart for a while. I just got re-baptized right before Thanksgiving. After that, I feel like everything started coming together and that I felt a bigger pull to do this and to not make excuses anymore. Kind of like why well, I heard the story of Moses that the youth pastor at my church was speaking one Sunday and he was talking about Moses and how God had called Moses to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. And Moses just didn't understand why he would call him to do it. You know, he didn't feel qualified. He had a really bad stutter. He just didn't feel like he was the one to do it. And God actually kind of got angry with Moses because he wanted him to do it. Moses made was making so many excuses. He made every excuse under the sun. And eventually, you know, God called on his brother Aaron to help Moses. And then he ended up with the help of God leading the Israelites out of Egypt. I really resonated with that story. Not that I'm comparing myself to Moses because I'm not. Moses is super interesting. If you haven't looked up or read anything about him, then I would recommend it because I guess he's just the one that I really, a person that I really connect with 
just based on that, the fact that he didn't feel like he was qualified to do what God was asking him to do, because I do not feel qualified. I don't feel qualified at all. I'm not qualified for anything. I'm not even CPR qualified anymore because I let that run out. I have an associate's degree. That doesn't qualify you for much. I mean, it qualifies you for some things, but not anything specific, but I don't have any kind of qualifications. And so I, I kept putting it off and putting it off. Event, you know, I kind of started doing like a YouTube thing and I just didn't like that because I didn't like feeling like I needed to look a certain way. And then I would just be super judgmental about my appearance, even if it was perfectly fine. Like there was like, I'm just like, I look fine. I look like myself, but I would just be like, oh, people aren't going to like me because they don't like the way I look. They don't like my hair. They don't like my makeup. And I don't want to have to worry about that stuff because number one, it's not important. Shouldn't be even defined by how you look. You should be defined by your heart and what you put out into the world which is something I thought I knew about whenever I was younger, but now that I'm 30, I really feel because you start to realize that you yourself don't pay attention. Like, I don't pay attention to what people, I mean, I do pay attention to what people wear because I'm into fashion. You know, I'm like, ooh, that's cute. But I don't like people anymore because of what they wear. I don't like people anymore because their makeup is perfect. I don't like it people anymore because their hair is perfect. I'm almost like the exact opposite where I'd rather you just show up and be you. Put some sweatpants on, messy bun, you know? I don't care. So why do I feel like people care about me about that way, that they are judging me on my appearance? Then I started thinking maybe I should write something, but like I said earlier, I'm not into that. (laughs) Um, my mom also said that I should write a book, but guys, I just, I really have ADHD and I just cannot sit down and write something. I, it's not in my cards, not at all. So I, I do listen to podcasts every day, Monday through Friday, not necessarily Saturday and Sunday, but Monday through Friday when I'm at my desk at work, earbuds in, I don't have to talk to anybody at work, uh, like customers or anything. So my earbuds are in, my music is on or podcast is on. I even love like longer podcasts. Like I really love A Date with Dateline, which are these two girls that are, seem like they're best friends maybe, and which I don't really know a lot of background on them, but they just kind of go over old Dateline episodes and they just have great banter back and forth. Like I don't even, sometimes I even forget what the story is that they're talking about. And I just listen to them and their episodes are like an hour and a half but I love it. I love it so much. So, because I love listening to podcasts, why not try to make a podcast? I mean, it is kind of fun. I'm having a good time right now. So, I went ahead and bought, I did actually buy a microphone a while back and then I lost it. So, that's cool. That basically tells you who I am. (laughs) My husband thinks that I'm the most unorganized person on the planet, which is probably true. And the office that I'm sitting in right now is super messy, so it tracks. I bought the microphone, then I got a sinus infection and I was like, all right, that's cool. I guess I'll wait a week. Week came and went and... I still have a sinus infection, so I think the devil was trying to get to me because he knew what I was up to, and he knew that I wanted to make a podcast to just, you know, share God's love and share what I believe God is doing in my life and try and help people figure out what they want God to do in their life. Um, I also just kind of want to be a voice whenever you feel alone whenever you feel like you just need someone there to help you, like, while you're cleaning the kitchen or, you know, folding laundry, your commute to work, your commute to school, you're feeling down, you know, you're sick and you can't go out anywhere, like, just pop an episode in and I'll be there 
for you. I think that's something that's really important too, is that people don't feel like they're alone, which I can actually talk about that in a different episode. I I would love to talk about, you know, different experiences that I've gone through that I do feel like have prefer- have prepared me for this. You know, I'd love to go into detail about relationships that I've had, the worst relationship that I've had, um, how I dropped out of university, I moved back home, dropped out of nursing school, spent six months of my life in my bathroom, and one of my most shameful stories, which once you're baptized, all the shame is supposed to go away, which, you know, it does, but it's, it's still something hard to talk about, and it's just the time that I actually was put on a, on a five-day hold at a psychiatric facility. It's the only reason I know that there are 125 hours <laughs> in five days, and um, I didn't end up staying the whole time, but I was put there 2013 Halloween night, so we can talk about that some point. And I do think that, I, you know, I don't think that everything necessarily happens for a reason, but I think a lot of things do. And God puts these situations in our life to prepare us for something else. I know that the things that I went through in my 20s prepared me for this because the only person at times that was there for me was God. And even though sometimes I turned my back on him, he was always there. And that's another way that it kind of relates to Moses whenever he was ruler of the Israelites and he messed up and then you know, God didn't turn his back on him. He doesn't. Back to what I was saying earlier about, you know, setting expectations for yourself that are impossible or, you know, paying attention to the expectations that other people set of you. When we stop putting impossible goals on ourselves and go back to basics and search within our souls for what genuinely makes us happy, then things can change. Public speaking, you know, I had no idea what I was going to do what I was going to talk about, you know, I just knew that I needed to be back in this atmosphere, back in this sphere. Then, you know, God has showed me that I just need to talk about him. I need to talk about how he has helped me. And I think sharing personal testimony, okay, back back to the Bible in Revelation, when Michael and the angels defeat the dragon, what did they defeat him with? The blood of the lamb. In the word of their testimony. And that's another thing that I learned <laughs> I learned at church. It's just like so crazy whenever you find a church that you really connect with how much you can learn. And I've just, I feel like over even though just the past year, I have learned so much. And so they defeated the devil with the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. So we need to share our testimonies. And that's what I have. Basically, that's all that I have (laughs) to give is my testimony. I have different ones, different, you know, times in my life where God has helped me get through tough things. Like I said, even whenever I turned my back on him and I wasn't praying to him, he still got me through the things that I was going through. And I'm happy to talk about those things in different episodes. I do want to talk about God's will and God-given talents. Have you ever been told by someone that something is your God-given talent? maybe you didn't believe them. Maybe you're like, you're crazy. I had um, an ex-boyfriend in high school who his God-given talent is art. From the time that he was really young, he would make these beautiful paintings and sketches, and I don't even think it's something that he necessarily had to work at. I literally think that he was just good at it naturally, and if he, that's his God-given talent is art, and if he wasn't in art, it would be a wasted talent. You know, I Facebook stalked him not too long ago and he is in New York City and he's working some kind of marketing job, I think. And I'm like, 
go get it. Like you're using your talent, the talent that God gave you, which is art. You know, I don't know what kind of marketing firm or whatever, but he is using that talent. And so have you ever been told or seen somebody that has a God-given talent and you just think, if you're not using that, it's a waste because God has given you this talent. Maybe you don't know what to do with it. But if you pray, if you open your heart, open your mind and just sit with it, it may take years. It may take days. It may take a while for you to realize and see what he has planned for you. It took me, I would say years, (laughs) I would say years definitely for me to open up my eyes and see that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And if nothing else, it brings me joy. And like I said, the episodes will be available for my daughter to hear. So those two things, it makes me happy. It's my God-given talent and my daughter will be able to hear them. So three things, that's perfectly fine with me. And so what is that for you? What is something that you are good at? Are you great at comforting people? Are you great at building things? Are you great at supervising? Are you great at like organization? Are you great at public speaking maybe? Are you great at, you know, being a hard worker? You have a lot of endurance and determination. I feel like that's my husband. He has stamina and endurance for the job that he does every day. It takes stamina and it takes endurance. And those are two things that I don't have. (laughs) So that is not my talent. That is definitely his talent. He has a go-get-it attitude. He's gonna, if he's got something that he's gonna do, he's gonna do it. And so he's a go-getter. He's really good at that. So that's his God-given talent. He needs to be doing something that requires endurance, stamina, and drive. He's great at basically doing anything outside. Anything you need done, he can do it. He can, you know, build things and stuff like that. He can cook. He's experimenting with like grilling and smoking. He got this smoker. And so, you know, there are things that everyone is great at. You just have to dig deep within yourself. What is something that you do that genuinely makes you happy? If you did it for a job, you wouldn't feel like you were working. Or maybe it's something that someone has told you, you know, this is your talent. And sometimes we don't believe people like me. I was like, okay, yeah, I know I'm good. I'm I'm good at public speaking. I get up there. I can speak clearly. It's something I enjoy, but it's not something that I'm going to do for the rest of my life. But why not? Why not? And so here we are. We are here with me in my messy office talking to you about God's will. And I hope that you learned a little bit about me in this episode and kind of why I'm here, how I got here. A present day here, I am 30 you know, and I have a beautiful daughter who's two and I have a very supportive husband. I am creating a more intimate relationship with God. I am trying to learn more about the specific people in the Bible. Yesterday was Moses. For some reason, when I was learning about Moses yesterday on the way home, I started crying because I was reading, I think it was like Christianity.com or something like that. And it kind of explains, you know, gives a brief synopsis of Moses's life. And then it talks about how him and God, you know, they became really close. And, you know, Moses lived 120 years. When he died, God buried him in secret. And it was either because nobody, and it had said that nobody to this day knows where he was buried. And it was either because they didn't want the Israelites to worship him as an idol because you should only worship God. So that was one of the, one of the possible scenarios. Or he just was burying a friend. And that is what got me. I don't know why, but yesterday on my way home, I was listening 
to music and I just started crying because I was like that is so sweet and I just felt that I don't again I don't know why but it it was beautiful to me that possibly just have been God bearing his friend Moses and then that was it Moses had done what God called him to do did those things because God asked him to it was not anything that was on his his path that he had set for himself but it was something that God wanted him to do and he wouldn't have done it otherwise so what is that thing is there something that is that you feel in your heart that God is trying to to get you to do that you're not doing that you're making excuse over excuse or you think it might be too hard what is that thing for me it was this and I finally did it despite this sinus infection um even though I sound like a stuffy mess I'm still gonna do it and I'm still gonna try and do my best I'm gonna try and do it to the best of my ability and be here for you. In the next couple of episodes, I do want to talk about, oh wow, I had uh, a lot more written down and I I actually went off note, off of my notes. I didn't read my notes. I went off book, I guess you could say. Okay, here's, here's something else that I had written down. Have you felt that pull or that push to do something for the kingdom of God, but fear is holding you back? The unknown is holding you back. Pray about it. Jump into the Bible listen to worship music, open your heart and your mind to the possibilities. Let God know that you're available, which brings me to the song available by Elevation. I always want to say something other than Elevation, like Elo, I don't know, Elevation Worship. It's called Available. Just cry that out, sing that, open your heart, open your mind. I am available. I, you call God, I'm available. Use me use me as you want to. And that's a prayer that you can pray to let God know that you're available. You're available to do what he has called you to do, what he wants you to do. So put that song in. It's a good song to just kind of listen to over and over again. And next week, I would like to talk about being a college dropout and redefining success for yourself. Um, We kind of touched on that today. I can talk more about, you know, my experience and how it It was really hard, but looking back how I see it now, I want to talk about that. If you feel like you have not lived up to the expectations that others have set for you, then that episode will be for you. Also, just a reminder that the only judgment that matters in the end is God's. So if you're afraid of what people are going to think, if you're afraid to be judged, the only judgment that matters in the end is God's. So I will talk to you all next week. Thank you so much for joining me on this first episode of Let's Talk About It. I'm Elle Johnson, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And God loves you. Bye!